You're listening to the Mutual Audio Network. Have a good day. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. It's time once again for America's favorite show, The Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd. Brought to you by drfloyd.com. When we last left the world's most brilliant scientist, Dr. Floyd, and his arch-nemesis, Dr. Steve, they were still trapped in the world of classic literature. As we join them now, they are just coming out of yet another literature jump in their never-ending quest to make it home to Saddle River City. As Dr. Floyd and Dr. Steve get up and dust themselves off, they find themselves next to a small hedge between two houses. Well, this certainly isn't Saddle River City. No, it's not. We're obviously in another book, but which one? I don't know, but by the look of the foliage, I'd say we're somewhere in the Northeast. What does that mean? Foliage? No, Northeast. The Northeast part of the United States. Uh, Massachusetts, maybe. Oh, I see. Look, the mailbox in front of that little brown house says March. That must be the last name of the family who lives there. March? Hmm, why does that name sound familiar? I don't know. Hmm, the mailbox in front of the house next door says Lawrence. Lawrence? (gasps) Floyd, I know what book we're in. You do? Yes, Floyd. Oh, I can't believe it. We're in Little Women by Louisa May Alcott. Little Women? How do you know that? You don't read. Well, I know that I don't read, but my mother used to read Little Women to me when I was sick. Oh, it's my most favoritest book in the whole world. Don't tell me you haven't read Little Women. Uh, no, it's a book for girls. It most certainly is not, Floyd. It's a book for anyone with a heart. It's the touching tale of the four March sisters growing up in Civil War America. It's filled with laughter and tears and tragedies and triumphs. Oh, brother. So in the March house there is where the sisters live with their mother. And in the Lawrence house here lives Teddy Lawrence, or or Laurie as everyone calls him. And and he and his grandfather are good friends to the March family. I see. Oh, just think, Floyd. We'll be able to go to a meeting of the Pickwick Club and play a game or two of Buzz. We'll read Pilgrim's Progress by the Fire. We can cry tears of sorrow when little Beth gets sick. And then tears of joy when Meg gets married. Well, we should probably see about trying to get back to... Oh, Floyd, I can hardly wait to meet all the March sisters. Uh, But most importantly, my favorite... Joe. Just then, the back door of the March house opens and a young girl with short black hair comes outside. (gasps) Oh my gosh, there she is. Who? Joe. Oh, she's even more beautiful than I had imagined. Yeah, and it looks like she's headed this way. Let's push the button on the Translatura remote control and get out of here before she sees us. No, Floyd, I want to stay. We need to find a way back home, and we're not going to do that by hanging out here in Little Women. You're not the boss of me, Floyd. You can't tell me what to do. Dr. Steve, listen to me. At this point, Dr. Floyd grabbed Dr. Steve by the shoulders and started shaking him. We need to start concentrating on figuring out a way to get back to Saddle River City, or we'll be trapped in classic literature forever. Let go of me. How dare you lay your hands on me, Floyd? Well, I was just trying to... Without waiting for an explanation, Dr. Steve ran up the steps of the Lawrence house and dashed inside. Dr. Floyd followed quickly after him, as did Joe, who just missed seeing them into the house. Dr. Steve ran to the upstairs bedroom and threw himself in, slamming the door behind him. Moments later, there came a knock on that very same door. Stop that, or I'll open up the door and make you. Dr. Steve flew to the door, opened it, and there stood Joe March, his favorite fictional character in all of literature. He was dumbfounded. Uh, Not waiting for an invitation, the girl pushed past him into the room. Could I ask what's the matter? You don't look exactly easy in your mind. I... 
Uh, I've been shaken and I won't bear it. Who did it, Laurie? Laurie? Oh, that's right. I must be cast as the character of Laurie in Little Women. If I'm Laurie, then that must mean that Dr. Floyd is Laurie's grandfather, Mr. Lawrence. Uh, uh, grandfather. Grandfather shook me. Shook me hard. That's nothing. I often shake you and you don't mind. Oh, Pooh, you're a girl and it's fun, but I'll allow no man to shake me. I don't think anyone would care to try it if you looked as much like a thundercloud as you do now. Why were you treated so? Oh, he wants me to do something I don't want to do, and I said I wouldn't, and he collared me. It wasn't nice. But he's sorry, I know. So go down and make up. I'll help you. Hanged if I do. <sighs> What pepper pots you are. How do you mean to settle this affair? Well, uh, he ought to beg pardon. He won't do that. I won't go down until he does. Now be sensible. You can't stay here. So what's the use of being melodramatic? I don't intend to stay here long anyway. I'll slip off and take a journey somewhere. And when he misses me, oh, he'll come round soon enough. I dare say you ought not to go and worry him. Ah, don't preach. I'll run away. Enjoy myself after the troubles. <laughs> What fun you'd have. I wish I could run off too. Well, then, uh, come with me. We'll have a grand time. Hold your tongue. Oh, prunes and prisms are my doom, and I may as well make up my mind to it. Look, if I get him to apologize for the shaking, will you give up running away? Yes, but he won't do it. If I can manage you, I can manage him. And with those words of confidence, Joe turned and walked out of the room, headed straight to the study where Dr. Floyd is. Will Joe actually get Dr. Floyd to apologize to Dr. Steve? Will Dr. Steve even accept Dr. Floyd's apology if it's made? And if the apology is either not made or not accepted, will Dr. Floyd and Dr. Steve be stuck in Little Women forever? Well, if we are going to be stuck in one book forever, it might as well be the only one I know. Find out next time on the Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd! Episode number 712 of the Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd starred Colleen Smith as Joe March. Music for this episode by Jody Whitesides, www.jodywhitesides.com. This episode was written by Grant Pachoco and based on Louisa May Alcott's novel, Little Women. This episode was recorded at Dr. Floyd Studios in beautiful downtown Burbank, California. Get your parents' permission and give us a call on our voicemail line at area code 818-332-3053. Episode number 712 of the Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd is copyright 2009, Dr. Floyd Industries, LLC. All rights reserved. And now the Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd proudly presents... Learning more after the episode. Well, hello there. Evil mastermind Dr. Steve here. In today's episode, we visited one of my very favorite books, Little Women by Louisa May Alcott. Well, I wanted to learn more about Little Women and Louisa May Alcott, so I called up someone who knows a lot about both of those subjects, Jan Turnquist. Here now is part one of my interview with Jan. Well, hello, Jan. How are you? I'm very well, Dr. Steve. How are you? Well, I'm doing wonderfully, thank you. Now, you are the executive director of the Orchard House, is that correct? Yes, Louisa May Alcott's Orchard House. Yes. Now, uh, can you explain a little bit about what the Orchard House is? Yes, the Alcott family lived in this home for about 20 years. It's the place they've lived the longest. And in 1868, Louisa May Alcott wrote Little Women there, and also set the story there. So the house has become known by some as the Little Women House, and it's very popular as a destination now to come and 
see how the family lived and see where the book was written. Excellent. Now, uh, Little Women is Louisa May Alcott's uh, best-known work, wouldn't you say? Definitely. And is it true that people from all over the world love to read Little Women? Yes, it's been translated into over 50 languages. Well, that's more than I know. (laughs) (laughs) Now, can you tell us a little bit about uh, Louisa May Alcott's life, like where she was born and when and, and where she grew up? Yes, she was born in Germantown, Pennsylvania in 1832. Her father was running a very interesting progressive school there. It was uh, sponsored by a Quaker gentleman who was very taken with Mr. Alcott's progressive school teaching ideas. And when Louise was only two years old, that school had to close because the sponsoring gentleman died and Louise's family moved to Boston. The family spent many years moving a lot. They were back and forth between Boston and Concord, a brief stint in Walpole, New Hampshire, a brief stint in Harvard, Massachusetts. But by far, Concord would be the place they've lived the longest and Orchard House, the home that they've lived in the longest. Now, as a child, was Louisa May Alcott, was she very well behaved and prim and proper or or was uh, she a little bit more like me? (laughs) Well, Dr. Steve, maybe somewhere in between those two choices. (laughs) Louisa was what we would call a tomboy, though. And you can tell that when you read Little Women, if you know that Josephine is based on Louisa. Louisa loved to run and jump, and that may not seem unusual today. But in her time, there were a lot of mothers who would tell their little girls, it's not proper. Do not run. Young ladies do not run. They just don't do it. It's not ladylike. And Louisa would think to herself, well, I thought I was a little girl. Maybe I was a deer or a horse in some other life because I like to run. So she was always doing things that were very active, and frequently she seemed to get into a little bit of trouble, and she'd call that a scrape. Oh, well, I get into plenty of scrapes, I can tell you that. Yes, well, she would sympathize with that. She didn't mean to. She would say she was trying to be good. But then just her love of action, I think, sometimes got her into a little bit of trouble. But that makes her lovable to us today, especially because we realize how hard she she had to work at being perhaps ladylike, but also being herself. Now, it's true that she based many of the events at Little Women on her own experiences, right? That is true. And, and she had many sisters herself. Yes, yeah, she had, just as in the book, she had three sisters. In, in the book, Meg is the oldest, and Meg is based on Louisa's older sister, Anna. Then the next one in age coming down would be Joe in the book, and Joe is based on Louisa herself. Then Beth, who is also called Beth, Beth in the book and Beth in real life. And the youngest one in the book is Amy, and Amy is based on Louisa's younger sister, Abigail May, who actually liked going by her middle name, May. And there's a fun little um, trick that Louisa played. If you think about May and its spelling, yes. M-A-Y, Louisa just reversed the two, first two letters. Oh, and turned, that became Amy. May, May into Amy, that's right. Excellent. And uh, now I heard that Louisa May Alcott also had something in common with another woman who I've run into, uh, and that's Susan B. Anthony. Is that correct? Yes, they were all, these ladies and others were all very active in getting votes for women. 
Excellent. Because in those days, women weren't allowed to vote. Yes, yes. And so they, they fought for the right. That's right. And Louise May Alcott and her entire family felt that human rights in general were very important and sometimes being neglected, and voting would be one of those many rights that they were concerned about. They were really interested in getting that vote for everyone. You've been listening to part one of my interview with Jan Turnquist, executive director of Louisa May Alcott's Orchard House. Tune in next time to hear part two of the interview where we talk more about the Orchard House itself. You've been listening to Learning More after the episode. Visit Louisa May Alcott and the Orchard House at www.louisamayalcott.org. Clear the airwaves! Clear the airwaves! It's now time for Dr. Floyd's Imagination Nation Rangers secret message for you members of the Dr. Floyd Imagination Nation. Remember, kids, only official radio adventures of Dr. Floyd Imagination Nation Rangers can decode Dr. Floyd's secret message with the secret decoder ring available only from www.imaginationranger.com. All right, grab your secret decoder rings and a pencil and paper and prepare to set your imagination to fun. Remember, Dr. Floyd is counting on you. And here is the Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd Imagination Nation Ranger secret message for episode number 712, The Disagreement. 3, 23, 20, 7, 14, 14, 7, 17, 20, 8, 2, 7, 1, 6, Eight, four, three, fifteen, three, seventeen, eleven, one, fifteen, eight. And that was a message from Dr. Floyd himself to all his Imagination Nation Rangers. You can join Dr. Floyd's Imagination Nation and become an Imagination Nation Ranger only at www.imaginationranger.com. And until next time, set your imagination to fun! The Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd is proud to announce that once again we'll be putting on one of our spectacular live shows at Comic-Con International in San Diego, California. The show will be Sunday, July 26, 2009 and will take place in Room 8 at 10.30 a.m. sharp. If you're going to be at Comic-Con International, make sure that you make plans to join us for the Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd Live and set your imagination to fun! Don't just sit there. You're under strict orders to go to www.perary.com. Hip. Hello, I'm John Bell of Bells in the Battery, along with my associates, Arnie Kunchbein. I can introduce myself. Thank you very much. All right. Hi, I'm Arnie Kunchbein. That's it. That's it. And also, do you want me to introduce you, Brad? Well, of course, Mr. Bell. That's your job as host. Thank you, Brad. And I'd like to introduce Brad... Hold it. What? Here's your script. Script? Well, <laughs> you gotta know what to say. All right. <clears throat> and introducing Brad Montworth, a salesman, incomparable public relations expert, and, of course, unrivaled attorney at law. No, come on, you know how to say it, Mr. Bell. Unrivaled attorney, attorney at, at law. law. Oh, Mr. Bell, you shouldn't say those things. You make me blush. Can I do my introduction over again? No.
We're here for an important reason. Very important. Indeed. If you think you deserve significant financial compensation, call Brad Motworth, attorney, attorney at law. Oh, boy. At 555 No, 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 no. We're here to remind everybody to take steps to avoid the coronavirus. Yeah, don't catch it. Because there's no one you can sue. Wash your hands thoroughly and keep social distancing. What? Social distancing. One more time. Stay about six feet away from everybody else. Right, very good. Oh, I gotta wash my hands thoroughly. I don't want to get me this corona. Ooh, keep your distance now. Socially. I want to keep feeling fine, corona. Never gonna stop getting squirts from my Purell. I'm always gonna buy all the toilet paper that they sell. Bye, 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 bye. Bye, corona. Bye, corona. Don't get no closer, huh? Beat it, huh? Far enough where I can't see your eyes, Corona. An illness history is not for me. Uh-uh. Don't want to try your COVID on for size, Corona. Never gonna touch. Stay away. My epidermis never wants to be close to where that nasty germ is. Bye, 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 bye. Woo. Fly Corona. Captain Fly Corona. What? Pumpkin Pie Corona. Now wait a minute. Goodbye Corona. Good riddance.